You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McBite, delighted to be your host as always. Got a very busy show as always, we're a man down, Shankers is off this week, we're hoping he's back for the extra show later on this week. So we're joined by Wilson. Wilson, how are we? It's been a fan- fascinating day. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? We'll just do that for <laughs> uh, I had to beg Boren Steele from a, ve- a very good friend of mine. This is this is how old that is, right enough. What does it say in the back? <laughs> <laughs> he gave me about twenty years ago. I thought it was a training top. Was that a strip? I, I, I was it a away strip. I was it a away strip. That bad boy. Oh, a wee away strip for me. Go proper, proper as well for Edinburgh United fans. You can bid five hundred pounds early start bids. <laughs> um, I thought that was introduction gone, so I just thought I'd flash the badge for you. Yeah, good work. You've caught me off guard there. How are we? <laughs> Fine, thank you. Uh, <laughs> exhilarating weekend of football. Um, again, Kelly win again, so we're all very happy here. And we're joined by Fresh off his trip to Celtic Park for Sports Sound, Rory Loy. Rory, how are we? Yes, good. A lot can change in a week. Wilson had the show written off for the rest of the season last week, saying we'd be repeating ourselves every week with Rangers wins and Celtic defeats, so... There you go. As I said, a week's a long time. It's definitely turned round for last week and we'll touch on the, the results over the weekend. We'll just get through them chronologically before we touch on each game. The D United 1, Rangers now. St. Mirren 1, Hearts 2. And today we saw Celtic 6, Dundee now. Hibs 3, Ross County now. Livingston 1, Aberdeen 2. And St. Johnston 1, Motherwell 1. We will start off yesterday at Tanadice. Dundee United 1, Rangers now. A Jamie Robson goal handed Rangers their first defeat in the league for 17 months. Rory, before we talk about Rangers, we just need to give full credit to Dundee United for a, a great performance and a well-deserved result because there was only one team wanting to win that game yesterday. Yeah, they were good. Very, very good. I think the, it's a bit of a cliche over the last few weeks, but I, I definitely think that the, the crowd gave them a little bit of lift, um, especially towards the end of the game. I know we've spoken on the show before about the difference a crowd can make, um, You know, whether it's on Rangers' side of things and feeling the pressure a bit, or whether it's on Dundee United's side of things, not having the ball for long periods of the game, but the crowd being able to cheer them on in the last 10, 15 minutes gets that extra yard or two in. But listen, Dundee United were, were bang at it. Um, I think they learned a few lessons for their performance last the previous week against Aberdeen and uh, Rangers were a yard short all over the pitch I uh, thought Lundstrom looked a yard off it again um, don't think the balance of the midfield was quite there and it's been upset a little bit in the last couple of weeks as well and Morales you know, having to put him in after the after what he's went through over the last kind of few weeks it was Aye, it probably wasn't the ideal scenario going up there um, in those circumstances but as you say the best team won in the day I would uh, couldn't agree more with that. I just think, as you say, Rangers were a yard short. I think there was a lot of players just didn't didn't turn up. Wilson's been trying to hide his snigger throughout that whole sentence there. Wilson, first of all, what's your thoughts on the result? Were you surprised? Yes, 100% surprised. Um, Also feel sorry for 
uh, Don Robertson, who's been demoted this morning after refereeing a Rangers defeat. So he probably won't referee in the SPL again for letting that happen, um, especially after Lundstrom's tackle in the first 10 seconds, but they could have broke both Peter Pollitt's legs. Um, so, yeah, de definitely a surprise result. Dundee United, you know, a tough start for them away at Aberdeen, then, then home to Rangers. Um, I, again, I, I didn't watch the full 90 minutes. I'm, I'm only going from the highlights. I thought Arebo looked as if he played really well. Morales had a couple of chances. There was certainly a couple of set-piece opportunities for Rangers. I didn't think it. Again, you're going by the social media and the commentary and the newspapers and things, and it certainly looked as if Dundee United were certainly the hungrier team and maybe wanted it more, but I don't think technically they were miles better than Rangers or, you know, Rangers were miles ahead of them. I think it was just maybe a good old, you know, battle as such, but definitely a surprising result, especially after... Um, both our respective results last week, but again, it's 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 maybe opens up maybe you know from last year maybe teams think well now let's not maybe be scared the Rangers. I think it'd be a completely different story when Dundee United go to Ibrox, you know, where the most teams tend to sit in. Um, but if I was a Rangers supporter, which I'm not, in case anyone's uh, misinterpreted me over the last year or so, um, I wouldn't be hitting the panic button. To be honest, it's it, it's a, it's a, it's a one-off result that for me. Um, as I say, I certainly think possibly um, Stephen Gerrard, maybe, and he can prove me wrong when he comes on the show, um, maybe had one eye on the European game on Tuesday um, with the likes of McGregor not featuring. I thought that was a strange one. Now, again, John McLaughlin's a very, very good goalkeeper. Um, but I'll, I always think if, if your best team's available, then your, your best team plays. And I thought that was a strange one. Not that it contributed to the defeat, you know, but definitely a surprise result. Goldson's got to score, Scott. I think if Goldson scores that, you know, kind of five, ten minutes after Dundee United score, I think Rangers potentially go on and win the game. But um, I, I mean, other than that chance, uh, you've had flashes of Evo at times, good feet in and around the box. But you know, that way over the last 17 months or so, you, you just always knew they'd find a way. Didn't they feel that way? You know, you just get a feeling as, a, as, as when you're watching the game. And I just didn't feel like they were going to score other than that Goldson chance. I don't think they really troubled Seagrass. They had a couple of ones, you know, the ones where you palm them out to the side just in case the striker's rushing in, but nothing that he was ever going to uh, go past him. But Goldson's was the one and, one and only opportunity. But after that, they seen the game out pretty comfortably. I thought Mongrew at the back was sensational. Yeah, I thought it was a really good game as well. I thought that kind of a lot of the, the game, like when you look at the Rangers midfield, I know it was Davis, Kamara and Lundstrom. That's fine if you're playing maybe at Parkhead in a, a European game where you're not going to have a lot of the ball and you're not going to create as many chances maybe. But I just felt as if the likes of Davis and Lundstrom were kind of playing the same position. They were kind of getting in each other's way. And I, I think Arebo, as Wilson says, was the only real creative threat. I thought Kent had a really, really flat game. And I think it's, is that just kind of confidence as well? Is it, what do we think the issue is, Rory? With obviously Malmo the other night and the performance on Sunday it was two very similar performances where they just never really get going. Do we think? Do we think it is a blip or is it a cause for concern? That there's, as Wilson's mentioned before, I'm not strong a strong believer in it, but I can see the case. I don't think um, I don't I don't think the forward players are a cause for concern. Like see, Kent, I mean, players like that are going to have off days for a yeah. winger that plays that way for him to be as consistent over the last period of time that he has been is, is quite rare, I would say. So I wouldn't be too concerned. What would be concerning me is probably the manner of the goals are losing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's three and two games now and it was something that they were, they prided themselves on last year. I think Goldson has, hasn't looked up to his standards the last season. 
Um, and that's contributed towards a couple of the, I don't know, a couple of the goals are a little bit more pressure on Rangers than there was last year. But I don't think the forward players uh, are a cause for concern. I would say the, the first two thirds of the field, I think the balance, uh, the mid, balance of the midfield, getting their correct three in there for the correct game. You know, Gerard pretty much managed it perfectly last year out with the domestic cups. Um, but I would say if you're going to use the term cause for concern. I wouldn't go as far as saying that, but what I would say is they want to eradicate these defensive errors um, sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Tuesday's a big game, Wilson. Obviously, Malmo, there's potential, potentially a chance that Rangers could get to a playoff round in the Champions League and generate some really, really good money. One thing that caught my eye, and it's caught my eye quite a bit, and I wanted to bring in this as well. Steven Gerrard came out after the game saying that it was his responsibility for the defeat. Do you buy that when a manager says that? Or is it... Is it the manager's fault when a defeat like that happens? Or have you got to put, is that to ease the, the pressure off the players and make them feel a bit less? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you answered um, your own question there. It's to take the heat off the players. Yeah. You know, when I've managed, and not at the same level as Steven Gerrard, you know, when, when your team wins, the manager deserves the credit. When your team loses, it's the players' fault. That's the way it goes. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think Gerrard's just in here off his players now. Again, Gerrard's went 18 months or whatever it is, you know, without probably losing two games in a row. And as I say, just as I said earlier, I think he maybe gambled to a certain extent on making sure his best available 11 will be ready for Tuesday. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about McGregor. He wanted to get some minute, minutes in uh, Morales because I'm quite sure he'll probably start uh, on Tuesday. And that gets him some minutes in the tank after he's... Uh, isolation period, whatever he was doing. Um, so I, I can understand why Jared did that. I, I, do, I do think managers do that because, as I say, if, if you look at it, just a recent example last year, Neil Lennon came out quite often and criticised his players, mm-hmm. you know, and look how that ended up, you know. So Stephen Jared will be fully aware of the power of a dressing room, even though they brought success last year. Um, I think I think managers do that definitely to you off the players because I think... I know. Okay, Gerard's Ger- 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 been quite outspoken in the past when the results have been poor, especially when through a period he's, he, he hasn't hung back in criticising the players. I, I just think it's the timing. Gerard's in a position where he, he can comfortably come out and say it's his fault and there's going to be no pressure on him. You know, it's easy to say that. I think when they get beaten the St. Mullen in the Cup as well, he said the same thing. You know, Lennon Canny come out after you know, three, four, five bad results and go, out oh, it was my fault. You know, it's going to make things 10 times worse. And I think Gerard has been quite outspoken in the past about the, the, the performance of his players. Yeah, but again, but last season, well, he had a couple of cup exits, but in terms of the league, he was never under any sort of pressure. So he didn't really have to come out and blame his players. And now I go, I go back to the psychology of this, whereas if Stephen Gerrard loses five games in a row, you know, I don't think personally he feels the pressure because he's played at such a top level. Whereas if the likes of, and I've been on about this before, about these Rangers players playing in front of crowds now, you know, they didn't do well in front of crowds before. Suddenly there's no crowds and they do well. Back to big crowds. There's that added pressure on them. Okay? And as I say, I always use Tavern as an example. You know, was he good the previous couple of seasons, you know, Rangers before they won the league? You would say possibly not. You know, and then it goes to a, a season of no crowds, and he plays on. Um, he, he, he's remarkable. He was an amazing season last year, and I, I still think that's got a lot to do with it. And a lot of these guys are younger. But Stephen Gerrard's been over the course before. I think Stephen Gerrard could lose ten games in a row and not be under any pressure. Because as I, I said at the, at the start of last season, I actually think Scottish will go through a slight lull just now for a few seasons. 
because of the 55 that was successful, the 10 in a row failed as such. I think a wee bit of interest has possibly dropped well, that, in it. That brings you, you, mate, you bring something interesting up there that a friend of the show, Callum, put up, obviously joins me in the, the horse racing show. He touched a bit about it on a, on a tweet a couple of days ago after the Rangers defeat where he said, the rate, will Rangers play with the same intensity, not having that target of a, a stop in 10 in a row? I don't know if I necessarily buy that, but I can certainly see the argument that it's the same way I don't necessarily buy the argument you've made about the pressure of the crowds, but I can see why people think that. It's something you can never prove. The crowd theory is is one that you could never, ever actually prove. You know, you can have that opinion and if if Rangers continue to drop points, you could never dismiss the theory, but you could could never prove it either. So, you know, why, why were Celtic so bad last year? You know, you can't. You know, there was no crowds last year. Well, that, that, well, that, 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 that's the, the next bit I was going to touch on. You know, so you saw Celtic today. Now, again, you can argue new manager, new players, etc. But I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one example. Of Ryan Christie. You know, where, where's that performance been for the last year? Mm-hmm. You know, he comes out today, new manager, possibly different style, maybe suits his game better. But he didn't put anything like the effort or the performance in last year under Lennon. When there wasn't, and I know it was at 25,000 today, Rory. I know a lot of them are there to welcome you to Parkhead today at the front on your arrival. So yeah. I, I, I do think it does play a major part. Now, I, th- I think in terms of Celtic as such, I think they see maybe the crowd as, you know, the 12th man, etc. you know, and, and they can inspire the players. Whereas I, I think sometimes all fans are the same. I'm not highlighting Rangers fans. Please don't be phoning and complaining. Sometimes if... You know, and I've been there as a Kilmarnock fan a few times. Like, if Rangers haven't scored after 70 minutes, you know, people get agitated, you know, because they're expected to win. And I, I say, I think sometimes that negative aspect puts a lot of pressure on players. Whereas I don't think it would bother Stephen Gerrard. I mean, he, he would have been at Old Trafford with 70,000 booing him and he was still one of, if not the best player to play in the Premiership. Whereas some of these guys haven't played at that level, haven't played in big crowds and, and are suffering from it. I, I, I genuinely believe there is again it's a theory that possibly won't be proved but I definitely think there's a link How big is Tuesday night Rory for this Rangers team to get back to back to some sort of form obviously we've, we've touched on earlier about the, the money aspect but it's also a massive game to get confidence back and get back to winning ways Yeah I think I think they'll generate a good atmosphere on Tuesday night um, and as Wilson says that may work against them come the 70th minute if it's 0-0 um, we'll wait and see on that one, but so it's a game I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, there's not been many games up to this point with huge amounts of meaning, um, so you know this is going to be a good one, and I think it'll be tight. I think Malmo are a decent outfit. I don't think that Rangers will underestimate them. I think they'll give them the respect they're due. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I do think that I don't think they'll go gung ho, but I think they'll have enough on the night to win the game. Whether they have enough to go through in 90 minutes, I'm not quite sure. But as you touch on there, they need a performance. But the problem is a performance without qualification, you know, it's not really um, going to bear, bear much fruit because, you know, they, they want to get to the Champions League. They want the financial rewards of getting to the Champions League from the top right down. It'll, you know, kind of cement what they've built for the last 17 months and it'll give them, you know, the, the, the power to go and build more. Um, because Celtic have shown today what they're capable of. That was without James McCarthy in the team. Um, and I'm sure they'll have a few more signings by the, by the end of the transfer window. I mean, I, knew, I know you guys are very neutral, but would, would Rangers supporters be happy for to lose the league but have a decent run in the Champions League to generate that income? You know, if, 
just say the Champions League was worth 60 million to them as a club to get to the group stages, possibly even qualification depending on the group. Would, would Rangers fans be happy with that if they were not to retain the title? I think because of the, the champions, the winners of the league get into the group stages next season automatically. So it's, again, it's another massive thing. But I, no, I don't, I think the, as we the way it's been built up this season, I don't think any Rangers fan would be happy. And, and no, a Rangers fan would be happy losing the league anyway. But the advantage Rangers had, and still, I still, I don't think one one weekend changes are. Oh yeah, I agree, Ali, Scott. But I think Rangers, a lot of Rangers fans feel this advantage in Celtic, and I, I don't think that's changed over the week. But I think a lot of Rangers fans will be, will be sore after that result because, as you say, it hasn't happened in a long time. But as we say, it takes two it, two games, and it's a crisis. That's all it takes. But I do, I do think Rangers, Rangers fans will be. Certainly not as I think it will calm down shortly. I think I the problem think. I think the problem Rangers have got as well, you know, but if Malmo do beat them on Tuesday or maybe not beat them, but if Malmo qualify or they don't get to the Champions League, <laughs> your Mare- your Morelles, your Kent, etc. Are they gonna to want to stick around? You know, do they want to stick around and try and beat Livingston and Ross County and um Dundee United and Aberdeen or are they kicking around for a crack at the Champions League? I think that is going to be a concern um, if Rangers go out. You know, in terms of the Europa League, Kent has now had a, a season or two at that level. Morelles has proved he can do it at that level. For me, these guys may be chatting the door and going, look, time to move on if, if they don't qualify. Yeah, but... do, you, do you think, though, I mean, again, you can only really speak from, you know, England and Scotland's point of view. Do you think there's Champions League teams that, are, that would be looking at Morales or Ryan Kent? And I'm, not, no. I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm probably thinking, you know, the top four in England that they're not going to touch Kent or Morales for me. But I'm, I'm looking, you know, are the top four in France, the top four in Italy, are they going to be looking at Brian Kent? I know, I know Porto seemed interested. Are they in the Champions League? I don't know. Are yeah, they, they're in the Champions they League. Yeah. But I, I wonder, are they going to come chasing? I think that's where, from Morales and Kent's point of view, is taken that. If they can get the platform of the Champions League and yeah. they can score goals in the Champions League, then 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 I, I know a top four England English team. You know, know your Bayern Munich, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you know the, the kind of next tier. You know Porto are looking at him. You know I don't know who else is looking at him. But if he has a Champions League run where he scores three or four goals in a group stage of Champions League, um, you know, and, and and is starring for Rangers in it, then you know come January, come the end of the season, these teams will look at him and go right. He can do a job at that level. So not only is he going to get his twenty goals in the French league, um, he's he's going to go on and he's going to he's going to produce in the Champions League as well. And I think that's the platform that these guys crave. And I think without that platform this year, Morelos and Kent are looking at it, going, "We've got to strike while while iron's hot because there's no there's no other platform out there now that's that's going to push us to the next level." We'll move on to the other game on Saturday. St Mirren one, Hearts two. Hearts now go two wins out of two through goals from Andy Halliday and Liam Boyce. Sean has pulled one back for St Mirren. Wilson, Hearts have made a decent start. Are you surprised with our performances so far? Um, well, again, they were riding on the crest of a wave from last week's result. And actually, I watched a wee bit of the, the highlights. That they actually looked better than St Mun. They looked actually quite comfortable. Um, and again, you know, you're looking at guys with experience. I know Rory's a big fan of Boyce. You know, Andy Halliday, you know, Craig Gordon. You know, they, they have they have got some good players. My, my concern with Hearts and... Um, was never the squad that was always the manager. You know, Robbie Nielsen doesn't seem to stick about teams for long. He always seems to 
and it doesn't ever always become to a company sense. So I had a wee bit of pressure on him, but he seems to have, you know, generated a good squad. He, he seems to be playing quite well. It's not just a case of you know big boys um, and shuffling about, but they, they look good. They look actually comfortable against St Mirren yesterday. Um, I think just a wee bit of mistake for the St Mirren goal, um, but. No, we good experience and a wee mix of youth. The boy Cochrane looked good. Is it? Is it generally, generally that come on as well? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Look, 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 looks good as well. So, no, not surprised. Let's be honest. Hearts are a big club. You know, Hearts should be up there with your Aberdeens and Hibs competing for third. You know, size wise and uh, wages wise. So, and uh, no, no real surprise that you can maybe yeah, maybe beat Celtic the first game. But if if Hearts want to finish top six this year, they need to go to uh, Paisley and win. Rory, what was your thoughts in Hearts 2-1 victory over St Mirren? Uh, I think Wilson's covered most of it. I think that um, I think the keeper should do better. Um, Jack Arnick for, for Hearts second. I think, boy, it's a decent strike. I think, I think he should save it. Um, and I I mean, I, I agree with Wilson. If you want to finish in the top six, you're going to need to beat. I think St Mirren will be ten, contenders for top six. One point out of six for the start of the season, but I still think they'll be up there come the end of the season. You know, kind of floating about fifth, sixth, seventh, um, with a shot with a few games to go. But every time, you know, the likes of a hearts come to Paisley and win, then it, 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 it kind of lessens their chances. But I, I like hearts. I do. I think they come out flying out the traps against Celtic. Um and you know I, I think they won that game um, and deserve to win the game. Yesterday on the balance of play they probably deserve to win that game as well. A good start to the season is vital. Um just on Nielsen that I think he has. You know, I, I see MK Dons are interested in James McPake, a move that Robbie Nielsen made. I think Robbie Nielsen almost went down there, lost his way a little bit when it didn't go well. I don't think he'll make the same mistake again. I think he'll I think he'll be at hearts for for longer. Um I mean there's no doubt in what Wilson's saying. He has left and he has moved on, but he's had to almost rebuild his career. He's had to go back to the Scottish Championship, albeit with a you know a big club in Dundee United. He's now back at Hearts, and I think he'll see his long-term future there. Um, he wasn't happy with the referee I think he was feeling that Gary McKay-Steven was getting some uh, harsh treatment he, he said that he was getting smashed about the pitch he used that term a few times so he didn't seem too, too happy with the officials but um, what's a weekend in Scottish football without managers complaining about referees yeah, or me <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> definitely but Hearts move into joint top with Aberdeen and Habs on six points we'll move to the games today and Celtic got their first league one of the season with a very convincing 6-0 victory over Dundee Fantastic performance. Furuhashi obviously got the hat trick. Rogic, Ralston, and Edward come in with goals. Rory was at the game, so Rory, tell us why you were so impressed with Celtic today. I mean, they were impressive all over the pitch. What what I would say is the way Postacoglu wants to play was evident. Um, you know, the two fullbacks, Taylor and Ralston. The Ralston especially was was really really good coming in the pitch. Abada going going on the outside and Christie kind of hugging the touchline more on the other side. The interchange of positions, the interchange of play, the, the speed in which they pass the ball. And you could turn around and say, oh, it was one of those days where everything went right for Celtic and never, everything went wrong for Dundee. It didn't really, because Celtic could have scored 10, 11. It re- they were really well that good. Um, Fukuhashi, or Fukuhashi? <laughs> um, he, um, Fukuhashi. New Japanese striker. <laughs> he, um, he, I mean, he missed two, three glaring opportunities as well as sticking the ball in the back of the net three times but look at the start of the game I was slightly concerned from a Celtic point of view that he was going to be isolated he's very small he's very slight although he's got a good spring on him 
in that scenario, you need to move the ball quickly. You need to break the lines between, you know, Dundee had a, a back four and then five in midfield in front of that. So it's not always easy as a lone striker. You can be cut adrift a little bit. But what he did do was he, he came short a few times and then he spun in behind a few times and the two centre-backs, Dundee, Sweeney and um, Ashcroft, they didn't know whether to stick a twist and see in the end. They, they did neither. Um, Rogic was on his game and I firmly believe when Rogic is on his game, he's... he's Ability-wise, he's, he's as good as anybody in the country, in my opinion. Um, he just doesn't do it enough. You know, the commentator um, tonight on Sports Scene was saying that was his first goal at Parkhead in nearly three years. Mm-hmm. I would never have believed that. Um, Christie was outstanding. He's, he's, his goal for uh, Fukuhashi's... Furuhashi? Fukuhashi? Furuhashi. <laughs> Can't get it right, Furuhashi. His, <laughs> um, I say that about 25 times a day. Um, the, the, the ball from Christie for his third goal was... World world, class. It was was world class. It was outstanding. And, you know, massive Celtic fans like Wilson must be scratching their head going, you know, where's Ryan Christie been for the last however however (laughs) long? Um, Because he he really was that good today. Callum McGregor, you know, he he, he barely spoke about him because the front players were that good, but he was probably just as good in in the role that he he played. The ones, again, we talk about the defence, Starfelt, was losing possession a couple of times. He got into trouble at one point and had to put the ball, ball over his own bar through mis, misjudging a bounce and you know gave away a needless corner. The boy Welsh as well was a wee bit loose at times. So, look, I still think confidence at the back uh, is a bit of an issue. Starfelt looks composed at times, but and then at other times he, he does crazy stuff. So I think maybe they need to calm him down a little bit, get him a little bit more consistent in his ball retention. But, you know, that that's, that's picking faults, looking for faults. Um, from from middle to front today, Celtic were unplayable. Wilson, what was your thoughts on Celtic's performance? It's uh, you mentioned last week that you already you didn't think Furuhashi was that was that talented. He then went and scored a hat trick. Do you think he's listened to you in the show? Oh, he watched the show. He'd messaged me the other day, said <laughs> thanks for the kick up the bum that I needed. But like, let's... he texted Callum. He texted Callum Davidson after the game. He get up, <laughs> get up, Wilson. <laughs> Wilson's number there. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, as we said at the start of the show, let's not get carried away. There's two games, and I, I seem to remember Harold Bratback scoring hat trick after hat trick against lesser teams, and then when it came to big games, being non existent. So let's wait and see. Yes, yeah, a great start for him, four goals in a couple of games. It will do his confidence the world are good. But again, let's be honest, they're playing in the new team coming up um, from the first, unfortunately, uh, or the championship, I should say. And they go to Parkhead, and, and you know that this is we've, we've, we've been over this before. We probably every team in the SPL. I mean, I can remember Aberdeen going to Parkhead and losing seven, eight, nine nil. So let, there were let's teams know. like Dundee last season as well, though Wilson. And well, the well, that, that, I, was, I, was, I was going to go. It, it, show, it shows you the difference, the confidence, as you said, highlighted about Rogic not scoring three years, Ryan Christie being posted missing, you know, for a season, and and that's and that's what. If, if I was going to ask Celtic fans, you know, I, I think somebody needs to come out and see what that issue was because those that squad of Celtic players feasibly could have made themselves as infamous as the Lisbon Lions if they'd won 10 in a row. And possibly bar Callum McGregor, none of them would get past marks over the course of a season. I include Scott Brown in that. I include Christopher Iyer, possibly guys that are battling what's there just now. So I, I would like to ask Ryan Christie, what happened last year? Why were you so poor last year, yet you're turning a performance like that when possibly different players, of course, there is different, different style of players. I said earlier, 
But it, it, I, it, that would annoy me. That, that would annoy me how all of a sudden, you know, it was a wee bit the same as these guys under Brendan Rodgers were incredible at times. Neil Lennon comes in and the standards woof, drop, you know. And I suppose you could argue the opposite of Rangers when they first go under Gerrard. I think, who are these guys? Then they it, was over a period, it was over a period of time the standard dropped under Lennon, to be fair. Yeah. It so, wasn't instant. I, well, it wasn't instant, but as I say, the, the, the change from Ryan Christie's last game to today is instant for me. I because let's be honest, he, wasn't, he, he didn't rip the header up at the Euros when he played for Scotland the first half ah, against is that, the Czechs. Is that, is that, is that that's, more, that's, that's the answers I would be looking for. Is that more that's kind of belief in a, a manager giving him more a free role, or is it better, kind of better players with better confidence around him? So, no, there's certainly not better players around him. There's probably actually worse players around him. Now, maybe Ryan Christie wants to be the big fish in a small pond. Or is it playing for a move? Well, that's, that, that's what we discussed in the chat earlier. And you look at the contrast. Now, I listened to Rory's commentary today, which was honestly on point. I mean, yeah. if there was any room for error in Rory's commentary, I would be wearing a T-shirt with whatever he said wrong on it today. But <laughs> unfortunately, I, I actually have to praise his, his commentary and his analysis today. I thought it was first class. But and I, I'm saying the same. And I think you and um, your co-commentator, spoke about it as well, was about the Edward situation. Now, I said last week after he was dropped for the Jablonet game um, that, yes, he should be playing. He should be on against them, scoring three, four, five goals and earning his move. Instead, he's going out there playing. I don't want to get injured in case it jeopardises a move. Whereas Ryan Christie's probably out there thinking, you know, a couple of weeks of the transfer window stops, I'm out of here. So I'm going to turn in, turn in, turn in performance and try and get my move. I think that's what's happening. Rory, you mentioned earlier about the you see the idea Celtic are trying to play. Was it what, what was it you, you felt like watching like the lights are bad and players like that? Do you feel as if they brought a, a new di- kind of dynamic way to Celtic's play? I want to avoid cliches, but they, they looked organised. They looked like they knew what they were doing. There was elements of Celtic's performances last year which stunk of we're Celtic, we're better than them, so let's go out and win. With no real game plan, no real plan as, as to how to do that. Um, whereas today, every player knew where they had to be, they knew when they had to be there. Um, Furuhashi's runs weren't getting found in the first 10, 15 minutes. All of a sudden, you know, there's balls down the side, they're communicating with each other, they're working cohesively as a team, they're moving across the pitch together. Ralston and Abada's relationship, you can tell that, you know, I don't know whether they're doing individual training with Abada and Ralston on one side and, and, and Taylor and Christie on the other. You know, phases of play on a Friday um, leading up to the game. This is where you go when I'm here, etc., etc., and get to know each other's games. But Anthony Ralston and finds himself in the middle of the pitch. And for someone who I would consider previous to the last few games as an honest, hard-working professional who will give his all with not who doesn't have the ability to to hold down a regular position at Celtic, all of a sudden you're looking at that and going, I mean, the two goals he scored were excellent technically. You find yourself in the middle of the pitch a few times playing in a badder, playing nice passes into the striker. Uh, you just look, they just look organised and they, they look like they know what they're doing. And when the play breaks down, they know where they have to be. They look well coached and they look well drilled. Um, and it's no easy to play the way they're playing at the moment. But I, I just think that a clear vision um, was was obvious today, and the more they build on that, 
and you know it's not going to work perfectly every single week, and they're going to come up against more difficult opposition than Dundee. They're going to have to go to places like Livingston where the ball bubbles up, and there was a massive downpour just before kickoff, and then the sun came out, and it was a slick surface. So, you know, it was conducive to the way Celtic wanted to play, but I, I just think, you know, and everyone kind of, a lot of people came out when Ange Postacoglu, that video came out of him saying, you know, we, we played the 91st, the 92nd, you know, it was almost like everyone was saying, oh, well, I would say that to my team, and I was kind of guilty of saying that as well, but today they didn't stop until the last kick of the game, and, you know, they, they looked very, very hungry to score more goals. Wilson, we saw at the end, Callum McGregor after the game, still kind of jamming up the players and getting them motivated. Do you think he has got the makings of a good captain? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know we've had lengthy discussions with Rory, who's obviously best placed to tell us what the captain's role is. Whereas, you know, you looked at Scott Brown, who would be a more in-your-face, you know, shouting, punching, dressing room walls, whatever. Does a captain need to be like that? You know, and, and as I said, I know Rory's kind of mentioned things like this before. I can't see Callum McGregor as the, the same captain as Scott Brown would be. Um, so it might be a kind of you know, welcome change. But he definitely, he definitely has, you know, the the medals in the bag, the experience, plays for his country most games, um, well-respected. So, yeah, I can see why he's a captain, absolutely. And I think I think he'll do well. I don't think, as I say, he has to be um, digging folk up and throwing cups of tea around the dressing room. But, yeah, I think he's got the makings of a good captain, yeah. We'll move on to Hibs' 3-0 victory over Ross County. Hibs go joint top of the league as well. Boyle, McGuinness and Deutsch getting the goals before 35 minutes. So it was a convincing first-half performance. Wilson, were you impressed with Hibs' 3-0 victory today? Yeah, it's an impressive result. But just as we touched on there with Hearts, you know, Hibs will have ambitions to possibly break into the, the top two or three in the league. They had a good season last year in the league. So, yeah, if, if they, they have ambitions of that, they've got to be beating teams like Ross County at home. I know Ross County have had some issues with, with COVID, etc., and lack of training, but I, I, I do fear for them this season. I don't think they're going to be as good as we probably expected them to be. Um, Malky Mackay signed a few players that appear to be a lot of younger boys on loan from you know bigger teams. So, again, I, I don't know how that will go this year, um, but it was absolutely no surprise in, in the Habs win. What did surprise me was it was three and a half after about 35 minutes. Um, Habs probably didn't add to the tally um, but that's 3-0 without Kevin Nisbet playing um, so it's looking okay for Habs at the moment funny, funny old weekend isn't it Lauren Shanklin Kevin Nisbet and Lewis Ferguson out with slight knocks and then transfer <laughs> at least Rory, two of those three will that's be a good, that's a good point Rory, that's, a, that's a really good point actually yeah. see we, we touch on Habs as well obviously going into the game on Thursday they're going to Croatia to hopefully get into the, the playoff round of the Conference League. Will this give them a massive boost of confidence or are they going into that very important game? Yeah, definitely. I mean, beating anyone 3-0, um, and I agree with Wilson, you're expected to beat Ross County at home if you're Hibs, but you go, if you go and beat somebody 3-0, it's going to, going to fill you with confidence. And watching the highlights there, they, they, they looked they looked really good. One player who stood out to me over the last couple of weeks is somebody I played with before, Kyle McGuinness at St Mum, really promising youngster. He's not had his troubles to seek in terms of injury over the last kind of season or two, but I'm hoping he gets a run in the team because I think he could be very, very good. He scored a couple of goals, which don't get me wrong, I would fancy him for you know seven, eight goals a season, but there's there's two and two. So if he can hit double figures this year, then it would be good to see him in the uh, in the side getting a good good run in the side. And um, the, the Doyle Hayes looks good as well, and the boy Newell's good technically as well. You know, and that's before we've even mentioned the likes of your Scott Allen's, etc. And then 
up front, Doidge is scoring goals, you've got Nisbet, Boyle's obviously been consistently good for a number of seasons now, so you know, you've got the boy Doig at the back, and if, if he doesn't stay, Stevenson's more than a capable more than capable of replacing him and stepping in. And aye, it's looking good for Hibs. I don't see any reason why they can't finish top three again. But what I will say is I think Aberdeen looked better than they did last year. Um, despite the manner of victory today, they were quite lucky to get the win. But um aye, I, I think it's gonna be a and there may be a bit of a lull in Scottish football over the next kind of couple of seasons, but hopefully not. Ho- hopefully having hearts back in the league, hopefully having the, the Glasgow the, the old firm derby, the, the Dundee derby, the, the Edinburgh derby, hopefully that keeps interest in it. And what I quite liked today was, and touching on the reason for Christie as well, just going back to that slightly, and your McGregors and all the boys that were part of Celtic last year, it, you know, for nine years Celtic dominated. Last year, Raiders ran away with it. So that whole idea that, right, we'll watch them play on the Saturday, drop points, then it's all going to Sunday, or or they need to win on the Saturday. That's been missing, and that was a huge part of the excitement building up to the week. One, t- one plays on a Saturday, one plays on a Sunday, and, you know, one drops points. And, and I, think there was an, I think there was an element of that today from the Scottish boys who've been part of Celtic over the last few seasons. They've seen Rangers get beat yesterday. How demoralising must it have been last year? Every single time they went to play a game, Rangers had three points, or every single time they played first, they were dropping points demoralising, demoralising. Then all of a sudden, a game into the season, you've lost a weight of hearts, build up to the to the next game, you've scored four goals away in Europe, you've made two signings of, you know, English Premier League quality, um, and Rangers, your biggest rivals, lose the day before. I think everything fell nicely for Celtic to be as motivated as they could have been today. We'll move on to Livingston 1, Aberdeen 2. Bruce Anderson gave Livingston the lead against his former club before Teddy Jenks equalised. And then a late stoppage time runner from Jack McKenzie gave Aberdeen all three points. Rory, big result for Aberdeen as well. They moved joint top of the league with Hibs and Hearts. What is it about Aberdeen you feel has changed over the, since the summer? We, last year, we know there was there was issues with goals and things like that. What do you think has changed? Goals. Scott Brown. Goals. Scott Brown. Well, to be fair, I mean, no, I, I would say goals, to be fair. Listen, Scott Brown's added, you know, an element which Scott Brown can add to any team. And, and don't get me wrong, I think Aberdeen are a better team with Scott Brown in it. Um, however, what I will say is that the boy Ramirez has scored a few goals. Listen, the, the game should end in a draw today. That, that mistake for the goal at the end, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's it's horrendous. Um, you know, he, he sells the jerseys. Um, I know he's a striker. He's a, he's a decent keeper, to be fair to him. I've seen him a few times, and he's, he's a de- decent keeper. But today he sold the jerseys. Aberdeen fans all swarmed the pitch at the end. They were on the pitch, had to get them off. So um, you need little bits and pieces over the course of the season to go in your favour. And Aberdeen were, were handed a, a massive one today. But the strike from the young lad just after the break was 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 a top strike. But like I said, over the balance of play, a draw would have been fair today from what I've seen. Um, but Aberdeen were lucky to get over the line in the end. Wilson, two players that have caught my eye in the past couple of games for Aberdeen have been Calvin Ramsey and Jack McKenzie. Are you excited with the prospect of young players coming through Aberdeen? No, I'm certainly not interested, to be honest. Um, no, I was, I was saying that, I was talking to somebody today about it, and like, you know, I'm obviously I'm trying to do a wee bit of research, as folk will disagree with that, I'm watching the sports scene, but see when your team's not in that league, you, you, your interest genuinely wanes, you know, Every time, you know, see, I was listening to the Celtic-Dundee game today for, for Celtic Rory. Celtic are in the league. I know, but I'm just saying, I was listening to the game today. You see when your team's not in the league, though? No, oh, no, not at all. Come on, I'm not a fan. I'll let you tell I die. Um, and then when they went, see when they went to 
McDermott Parker to Livingston. I was going to get a cup of tea or quickly checking the kids or, do you know what I mean, get the washing and whatever I was doing because y- y- your interest wanes because I'm thinking, well, you're not going to be playing my worst St. Johnson, so I'm not really not caring what the score is up there. You know, but as I say, if I were doing a bringing through young players, they were, they were renowned for that, you know. Um, when I was kind of growing up, you're Scott Booth, you're Ian Jesses and that. So it's, it's always good for the national team as well. And that, so that was one thing I was going to Ashes at the Dundee United Rangers game. Steve Clark was in the crowd. Do you think he was maybe watching Charlie McGrew again? Who do you think he would have been watching? Or was he expecting maybe Shankland to be playing? Or Leave that Wright? one to you, Pikey. Scott Wright? He came on as a sub, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Scott Possibly Scott Wright, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not debating. I, just, I actually I actually generally just wondered who would I mean I know he was at Motherwell St. Johnson today. Um and obviously watching Stephen O'Donnell who scored an OG right enough, but uh but I just wonder I wanted to bring that in at the start. Actually, I wonder who he was watching at Dundee United Rangers. Right, he was at he was at St. Johnson today. Um they've got a few defensively that have been doing really well for a period of time. Anyway, sorry, I was going back to Aberdeen. I, you need to see Xander Clark save as well, by the way, the day. Xander, one of Xander Clark saves is, oh, again, I'll, I'll say it, it was world-class, there you go. I'm a big fan of his, to be honest. I'm a really big fan of his. I, I, I really do like him. Um, but I, as I say, Aberdeen bringing through, I mean, I'd, not, I'd never heard of some of these players before, to be honest. Um, when it came through uh, on Twitter, who'd, who'd scored the goals, I'm glad. I don't know who these young guys are, but great great for them. And as I say, if Aberdeen can get a good mix of experience, um, with Lewis and Brown, etc., and bring through some young boys in. As I say, these should be these should be a top six team anyway. We'll move on to the final game of the weekend in the Premiership. St. Johnson won, Muddle won. Fair result, Rory? Um, probably. I mean, I'm going off the highlights in sports scene. The 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 game took place today, and I've and I've just come in and seen them. But um, it, it seemed that way. St. Johnson had um, some good chances early on. Stevie May was through one on one with the goalie and. You know, took far too many touches and, and the opportunity went. Boyd playing didn't look quite sharp in the, in the bits and pieces that I've seen. Uh, Tony Watts was a magnificent strike, a really good move actually, and, and a fantastic volley. And he had another one exactly the same. It's one of those that can can you can look daft trying it and then it can it can come off brilliantly. And he had both um, going, you know, different ways in the space of two minutes. He, he volleyed one right in the corner and then the next one um, he totally mishit, but, but one each was probably fair. It's... it's Although St. Johnson went one up with having a trip to Turkey and then, you know, that game coming up on Thursday, one-one's uh, not a disaster for them by any stretch and Motherwell will just be glad to get off the mark with a point. So, don't think either manager would have wanted a draw at the start of the game. I don't think either manager at the end of that game would be massively disappointed either. So, I take a draw and move on for both teams, I would say. Wilson, did you think St. Johnson maybe had a nine Thursday night with Alexa Kermo playing? Yeah, possibly. Um, I think man, I think that will be a kind of strange experience for you know Callum Davis and the players. You know to think we've got one in a European tie come Thursday, but and I know we all have a good bit of banter uh, off there. But I was surprised at the start of the season because Rory said at the start that he could see Motherwell struggling this year, um, and I actually think it could be you know, it could be spot on. Um, home defeat to Hibs, you know, one point out of six. It's not exactly the toughest start they've had. You know, home to Hibs and away to St. Johnson, and they, they, they seem to be toiling a wee bit, but maybe it'll just take Graham Alexander a wee bit of time. But, you know, he had the end of last season as well. So, watch this space with Mullerwell. Uh, Dundee, they've got next week. So, that'll be, oh, I think yeah. that's maybe in the cup. That's maybe in the cup, actually. But um, I, that's a good point as well. Um, they've, they've probably had two favourable fixtures and zero points. Uh, one point. 
And that was our look at the Premiership. We're going to look at the rest of the league's NSPFL. We're going to bring Wilson in for his favourite league, the Championship. Best league in Scotland. <laughs> we'll just get through the results quickly. Kilmarnock left it late with a Naismith goal to get a 1-0-1 at Queen of the South. Air came from two down to draw 2-2 with Broth. Patrick Thistle were a really impressive 3-0 victory over the Fermanagh at East End Park. Inverness won, Wraith 0, and Morton are an impressive 1-0 away victory at Hamilton. Wilson, what was your story of the weekend in the Championship? I think it's late winners. You know, Jason Naismith's late winner at Palmerston. Um, keeping Kelly's 100% record alive. Um, and as I say, that's as I say, that's the level we're at just now. And again, if you want to win leagues, which I think every Kelly fan's, you know, not seen expectation, but anything less than first or second, I think they'll be, they'll be uh, shouting for the roofs. Um, but yeah, you've got to go there and win games, whether it's a 90th minute one or a first minute one, it doesn't matter. Seem to play well. Forget the fella's name. That's a wee bit disrespectful. Can he? You can he play well, Queen of It's windy. It's rainy. That that's sort of tough. But no teams ever played well at Queen of the South, and I include Queen of the South. In <laughs> well, Queen of, Queen of the South. The, the boy that marked Chris Buck yesterday. I forget his name. He was on the news as well. Either either really smashing game. You know, he kept Chris Buck really really quiet. And I think Chris was getting a wee bit frustrated at times. Um, you know, taking hits and all that kind of thing. And I wonder now if other teams in the championship will think he'd such a good game against there in the first game. He's now been, you know, kind of man marked solely for the second. I wonder if other teams in the championship will do such that. A tight, such a tight pitch down there. It's astral, it's windy, it's really, really difficult to play a style of football that you work on all week. It, it really is. See, when you go to Queen of the South, it's about winning. It doesn't matter yeah. how you do it. Well, exactly. Kamalik have shown they can do that. Yeah. So happy, top of the league. No problems, no goals conceded. There you go. Rory, what was your result of the weekend of the championship? Any results catch your eye? Um listen, it's it's hard to see kind of past Kilmarnock, but just, just for the sole reason that they're expected to win the league and it's going to be fixtures like that when they potentially slip up because I think we'll take care of these teams no problem at all at home. Um so I I, I think at the start of the season I, I tipped I tipped Wraith. Obviously they've struggled. Um, after going kind of 4 0 up and being top of the league after 65 minutes of the opening day, they're now probably bottom of the league. <laughs> um, but I, Kamalik's 1 0 win. Like I said, I know how tough a place that is to go and how hard it is to win there. Um, so, and they ended the season pretty well last year, Queen of the South as well. So, I, I, would, I would second that and I would say that, you know, six points out of six for Kamalik, a tough away fixture. A home win in the Derby, Ayrshire Derby, which is always, um, you know, hotly anticipated. So, you know, two tough fixtures to start the season, six points out of six, and they're looking good. I think you've got to give a wee mention to Partick Thistle as well. That's some result because no, a lot of folk had tipped in Fairland, you know, who do really well this year. But I thought they made the signing of the season, bring in Todorov in Inverness. I thought that was one of the signs. I, I, I think, I think that, that's a, a great result for Partick. Um, still think Kelly are better than them, and I think Kelly will beat them. But um, as I say, I'd I remember I was, that result, I would have said it to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we can edit this out, Rory. <laughs> We'll move on to League One, where there was a couple of really intriguing results. Queen's Park 2, Cove Rangers 0, Falkirk 2, Peterhead 1, Alloa 3, East Fife 1, Dumbarton 2, Airdrie 2, and Montrose 2, Clyde 2. Rory, what was your result of the weekend? Need to ask. <laughs> no, listen, um, Queen's Park Cove was, was always going to be you know well-watched within the league in terms of the result. You want to see who the early pace setters are going to be, and you know, there's no just... Um, those two in that league there's Falkirk as well so 
listen, as much as we, we have a bit of a laugh on here, I think it'll be nip and tuck a lot of the times. You know, when Queen's Park have to go up to Cove, you would probably fancy Cove to get a result. Five, you getting sent off early doors doesn't help the cause. Um, so, yeah, I, I would pick that as my result of the weekend solely based on the fact that I think that there's two teams who will be up there come the end of the season. But uh, advantage Queen's Park on um, going into the, the third game of the season. But by all manner of means, um, I, I do expect Queen's Park to... To go up. Wilson, your mate Barry Ferguson, he had a, a good result at the, week, uh, the weekend. 3 1 1 over his fight for his new club, Alawa. Could they potentially cause a surprise in that league? Um, no, I don't think so. I just think, obviously, again, at the lower leagues, I think financial you know, stuff comes into play there. And I think, obviously, budgets at Queen's Park and Cove, etc., will be slightly higher. I think possibly Falkirk will get bigger crowds there for more money. And, um, but I would like to see him do well. You know, I'd, I'd be happy, you know, if he, if, he, if he got them up or promoted into the playoff places and had a good season. As I say, I think he kind of struggled a bit after losing his job at Clyde, went to Kelty Hearts, did well for them again, ably financially. Alan must have been thrown... I don't know if it was financial. They must have been... For him to go there, when you look at Kelty's recruitment, Wilson, Alan must have been... How did they get Barry Ferguson to come to Alaba, who've just been relegated, as you said, financial constraints? What have they said to him to get him away from Kelly Hearts? Well, I don't know. Is it maybe? I mean, if, if someone asked me who's the bigger team, Alaba or Kelly Hearts, I'd be going Alaba. You know, um, but as I said, is it just a bigger team? Is a, you know, with all these financial things, does is Alaba's been around a long time? Does the, the arse fall out Kelly Hearts the same way that at Gretna? I know that I know they pay any money. You know, that, that, that's always just like, are they an established, you know, Scottish team? Is, is that what he's possible thinking? I mean, I hope not. I hope Kelly Hart's going to do well. No, no reason not to. But, um, and it's another league up. So is Barry Fairs, I think, the weakest surprise a few. Then he's in the championship. Folk in the championship start to take notice. Then it's maybe a Hamilton or a Morton or a Kilmarnock, you know. They look at him and he just maybe think that's what was best for his career. And he's went out in a high at, at Kelly Hart's. You know, got, Kel- got them Kelly, are gonna, Kelly are going to win that league by 20-odd points, though. And yeah, I think but that's the amount of the first. Whereas Barry's maybe thinking, you know, I'm in the first, he'd be in the championship. He's finding it I think if you, win, if, you win, if you win back-to-back at any level, I, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm just surprised. So let's know. I don't think that's such a, much a massive <laughs> achievement, to be honest. Um, but we'll talk about that in the amateur show, Scott, don't you worry? Yeah, definitely, um, we'll do. So, no, I, as, as I say, I would be, would be, it would be a surprise for me uh, if, if if they won it but I think the result in that league was Clyde who were 2-0 down in the 90th minute and managed to escape with a draw uh, which burst their staff coupon um, so that, that would probably be the result for me Only team to do your coupon? Yes Falk, two Falkirk with two minutes to go Falkirk oh. and Forest Green comfortably winning and we had Mintros that was three of us picked one team each and uh, the gaffer John had Mintros and they're 2-0 up in the 90th minute we're already texting each other Miller and Carter. What's the cash? What's the cash? Exactly. What's no, go, keep it, keep it, and then it ends up two each. And oh, oh, wow, um, so it was good. Good, it was, it was we always do find the bright side of it, but yeah, Buster Cooper, but some results are clean. We'll move into League Two where we'll just run through the results. Stirling one, Kelty three, Shinran now, Annan Athletic three, Cowdenby three, Elgin one, four for two, Edinburgh City nil, and Albion two, Stenhouse Muir two. Rory, you've said there about Kelly Hart's recruitment. Do you just think they're going to storm that league? Uh, I mean, I look at the players. They've got... They've got, you know, 
Cardle on one side and Higginbotham on another, who, you know, have played, run right in the championship at times, not that long ago. It's not like they're, they're waning um, in the stage of their career. I played with Fash at, um, at Falkirk, and, you know, he's a decent player who will score goals, especially with the, the service he's going to get for, from these guys. But look at their back line as well, the likes of Jordan Foster and, and people there. They've got um, Tam away some, well. Tam away, some fantastic, fantastic players for that level of football. And, you know, what they've got in Kevin Thompson is somebody who is a young coach who is going to get, I think, given the, the, the players he's got at his disposal, he's going to get the time and the the opportunity to tinker with tactics, to tinker with a few different things, to kind of get his way of playing into them. And he's very calm. Uh, don't get me wrong, he, he'll go through you, I reckon, if, if you're not performing, but he's very calm in, in pressure situations and things like that. So I think he will I think he'll get them promoted and I'll be, I'll be following his kind of managerial career closely because I think they could do pretty well. Um, but the result of that, that league, and they've started pretty well for me, would be for Um I think that, you know, being relegated last year, Gary Irvin got them uh, a couple of good results towards the end of the season. They've started with six out of six, so um, he's he's a really good guy and um, it's good to see him doing well. So, um, aye, well, it'll be interesting to see where they end up come the season, but I think they could be, I know they've just been relegated, but a bit of a surprise package. Wilson, what was your result of the weekend in League Two? I'll just give a wee special mention to Chrissy Johnson. Um, I knew Chris from his time at Kilmarnock. Um, and then he obviously got a really bad injury there and he struggled to kind of get back into kind of full-time football. He came to the college um, and did some qualifications there as well. And it's nice to see him back on, on the pitch scoring goals. He's, he's, he's worked hard for that. Albeit Jamie Hamill might be not happy with me saying that to score against his team, but we mentioned for Chris Johnson, I. So, Annan, for you, we will move on to this week coming where we've got a few big games in Europe. First of all, we will ask everybody for their predictions for the five teams. Rangers versus Malmo. Wilson, give us a prediction. 3 0 Rangers. Big call. Rory, Partizan crowd at Ibrox, I'll see them through. The line's dead. <laughs> Rory, what have we got for Tuesday night? Rangers versus Malmo. Three uh, one. I think. Um, I think Rangers might concede, but I think we'll go through. Three one. Yeah, I'm going to go for two now. I think Rangers will get through. I think they'll have a better team. I think they've potentially the crowd will help, and I just think it's they will bounce back from the the past week, which has been pretty poor. Celtic versus Jablonek. I think Celtic are going to have a full crowd as well. Wilson, give us a prediction for Celtic versus Jablonek. Three uh, 0 against Celtic. Rory, what we got? I would second that. 3 0. I'll go 3 0. I know that Postacoglu is very big going playing to the last minute and getting as many goals as you can, but I think when you go 7 2 up, I think they'll ring the changes. And I think that, um, I, I, I think you'll maybe see a more disjointed Celtic side towards the end of the game, maybe trying different things. You might see James McCarthy getting a few minutes as well. Yeah, I think he was out. In the, he, he, was he there a reason he didn't play today? I don't know. I think he's had a few. I, I don't know the answer. This is just me surmising, but I mean, he's had a few muscle injuries. You're going to want to look after him. You're playing Dundee at home, you've got games coming up, but it just probably made sense. Um, they said in the commentary he'd only had one session with the boys, so a week and then uh, he was doing he was doing the session with the other ones after the game, so he he um, he might come into contention for half an hour or so. I still don't think he'll start the game on Thursday, he'd probably be on the bench and get, get thirty minutes, but I I think I think they could win six or seven if they wanted to, but I I don't think they'll play with the same intensity as they did today for ninety minutes. So I'll go with three now as well. Yeah, I'll I'll say I'll for that I'll go for three now. I think Celtic will just blitz 
Jablonek, I thought they were the better team in the first leg, and I think they've improved since then. Big call, St. Johnson versus Galatasaray. Wilson, can St. Johnson do it? <laughs> I don't see any reason why not, to be honest. Um, as I said, as I said in the show last week, I could you could see Galatasaray winning 3 4 now. Also, you could see St. Johnson winning 1 0. Um, I, I genuinely think, no, and as much as I'm a huge fan of Callum Davidson's, I think uh, I think Galatasaray might just pull us off. I'll go 2 0 Galatasaray. Rory, put the goal for St. Johnson versus Galatasaray. Yeah, I think St. Johnson will come up flying out the traps. Um, I don't think Galatasaray will uh, adapt too quickly to McDermott Park. And I think that St. Johnson might take the lead in the first, you know, to kind of 10, 15 minutes, getting crowd on their feet. But I think over the over the course and distance, Galatasaray have too much quality. So I'll say 2 1. Yeah, I think I'll go with 2 1 as well. I just think Galatasaray will have more on the night. Aberdeen versus Breda Black with 3 2 in front from the first leg. Wilson, give us a prediction. Do you think Aberdeen will comfortably see this out? Uh, I think this might be a draw, actually. I could see this team maybe. I'll go one each. Rory, but Aberdeen to go through. Rory, who have we got? I would be lying if I pretended to know anything about the team they're playing. But the, the, the form, the form Aberdeen are on. Um, you know, they, they, they think they've won every single game they've played so far. So, um, I'll I'll see them comfortably through one 0 I think Aberdeen will win. I think I'm going to even go further and say Ramirez will score at some point. I've been really impressed with him so far. What I've seen, so I think Aberdeen will win two 0 Final game, Hibs go to Croatia to play Rijeka. 1-1 draw from the first leg. Wilson, can Hibs qualify? Mm, I think maybe a lot of that handles is Kevin Nisbet going to play. Um, is he going to be fit or is he going to still be at the club? Doig, you could ar- argue the same with as well. Um, I think Doig's away, to be honest. It would be... I think it's, 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 it's a shocker, to be honest, if Hibs don't go through, but again... Is the Croatian league better than the SPL? We don't we don't really know, let's be honest. Um, I could possibly see that going maybe extra time in penalties. And I think if it does that, Hibs would go through, but in 90 minutes, I think they maybe they maybe lose. Rory Pubby, thank you for Rijeka Hibs. Could you see Hibs doing it in Croatia? Remember, Hibs have a massive game in the Sunday as well in the Premier Sports Cup, so they might rest a few, concentrate on playing the biggest team in the competition. Kill it away, isn't it? Yeah. Nah, they'll rest a few for that championship opposition. Um, <laughs> uh, no, ah, listen again. It's, it's it's difficult to call. The teams came. That teams came to, to Easter Road and, and got a draw. But again, with no real knowledge of the the, the opposition that they're playing, I'll say it'll finish one each in, in, in normal time and go all the way to penalties. Who wins it from there? Who knows? So that is. I'm gonna go for. Hibs to win. I think Hibs will win 1-1 now. I think Kevin Nisbet or Christian Doidge. I don't know. One of them will oh, score. So I've picked him for top scorer this season. He's not scored yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the European Hibs... games don't count. Nah. Oh, that's probably... <laughs> Boy, Boyce is off the mark. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hibs will win. I can see... I think St. Johnson is the only team I think will struggle to get through. Obviously, they're playing against... Uh, established European teams so I think they'll probably have the toughest game but I can see all four other teams qualifying comfortably we are going to wrap up the show there I just want to thank Wilson and Rory for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for having us on Scott <laughs> we are going to be back on Friday we are going to do a Scottish Football Show Extra we will take a look at the action in the West of Scotland Football League 
and we'll recap all five games in Europe. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in on YouTube and our podcast channels. Please subscribe to us on those channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers.